Hey, this is Tolly Wilkins of Captivate Church, and we're so glad you've joined us on our podcast today. This is one way that we can take our message from Baltimore all across the world. We pray that today encourages you, inspires you to become the man or woman that God's designed you to be. Acts um, chapter 16, we're introduced to this young man named Timothy. You guys may know about Timothy. We're going to get to know him a little bit today. But Timothy, as you're going to find, not only does he have uh, an entire uh, chapters of the Bible um, that he's re- responsible for, but also his, uh, the, the letters that get written to Timothy, Paul's oversight of Timothy, we begin to get an insight as to the women in Timothy's life. We get insight into the investment that was made. Uh, one thing you may or may not know about even my own life is without my dad in the picture my whole life, I was uh, raised by a single mom, and then I had um, three younger sisters, two that were with me while I was uh, growing up, and then one that my uh, mom had later. And as a, a consequence, I was surrounded by um, women all the time in a healthy respect. And then I get off to, to all through my elementary and high school years, there's different women that were, were in my life that invested in a heavy, heavy way and, and, and uh, loved on me well. And then on top of that, I went to, to college. And when I got there, God just brought me some, some incredible uh, women that really just um, took an interest to invest in me and to, to love on me. And so there are women now that I, I still consider a, a second and a third mom because of uh, how they cared for me. And so uh, women have always um, been a, a, a vital, vital part of my upbringing and my nourishment in the faith. And uh, so today I just wanted to draw your attention to Timothy and show you exactly how that happened in his life as well. So there's going to be two main chapters that I refer you to today, Acts 16 and then 2 Timothy 1. And then uh, from there we'll break some of that down and uh, pull out some of the teaching. So it says, Acts 16, 1 through 3 says this, Paul came also to Derby and to Lystra. A disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer. Everybody say believer. She was a believer, but his father was a Greek. Can you say a Greek? Greek. This meant that Timothy was uh, not fully uh, in the, the Jewish world. He was not fully in the Greek world. He was more like a Samaritan, kind of a half uh, and, and half in and out of two different theological realms. But look what happens. It says, he was well spoken of by his brothers at Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him, and he took him and circumcised him because the Jews who were in these places, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. In verse, uh, in 2 Timothy 1, 3 to 7, I thank God, Paul says, he's writing to Timothy, I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. Now look at this, verse 5. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first, everybody say first, first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan uh, into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Power and love and self-control. When we're introduced to uh, Timothy, 
Paul says, you know what uh, the interesting thing about Timothy is? He had a mom who believed. He, he not only had a mom who believed, he had a grandmom who believed. And, and to be a believer early on in the faith was not, no, uh, not a light concept. I mean, this was, you would be ostracized from all your people. You'd be ostracized from your neighbors. You'd be cut off from the ones who loved you most. They would say, you're a heretic for believing in this Jesus. Don't you know we're Jewish? And then for her to be married to a Greek and for a a Greek man to allow his family to go around talking about Christianity, that what a terrible thing that would have been. And so here's Timothy born into the situation, not where he has two parents that are, that are loving and unified and together on theology. He's actually born into kind of a rocky situation. On one hand, he's got his mom's side who believes in Jesus and his grandma believes in Jesus, but the community that they're from, they don't believe in Jesus. And then he's got his dad's side who's a Greek who definitely doesn't even believe in Jesus, want nothing to do with it. And so here we are, we've got this, this conflicted situation going on. But in the midst of all of that family drama, you find that there is a faithful grandma. And you find that there is a faithful mom that are leveraging their time with Timothy to the point that later, Timothy, when given all of the opportunities to say, well, I could believe in the uh, Judaism I could run and go be uh, with the Greeks and, and any number of, of faiths that I could pick up over there. I could have nothing, I suppose. Or I can take hold of the faith of my grandma. I could take hold of the faith of my mom. And in the midst of all of that uncertainty and chaos and disbelief and doubt and different faiths going on, it was the faith of grandma. It was the faith of mom that got through to young Timothy who would go on and to be a a big, big part of building up the faith of Christianity. Paul came to Derbe and Lystra. A disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. He was well spoken of by the brothers at Lystra and Iconium. If you're jotting notes, write this down. Mothers can leverage time with their children for the glory of God. Mothers can leverage time with their children for the glory of God. Now, again, I want to remind you today that when uh, we teach on mothers can do this, and you say, well, I'm a dad, I'm an uncle, I'm a friend, I'm a neighbor, I'm a grandfather, all you can do, but it's Mother's Day, so give me a break. Leverage time with children for the glory of God. If, if we really want to make a difference, not only should we love our neighbors and meet our neighbors' needs and be that kind of a Christ follower, but you know what one of the most tragic things is that's happening, and it happens generation after generation? It is people that profess Christ out in the community, and then their kids don't see that at home. I can't tell you how many people I'll go to at 20, 30 years old and I'll be like, hey, whatever, tell me your story. And they'll say, well, we went to church all the time. I was kind of forced to. But it was a different person I saw when we went around church people rather than the one at the house. The way I saw my dad treat my mom every day. The way I saw my mom treat my dad. The kind of language that we used around the house and the, the way we talked about people and gossiped and the, the, the anger and rage. I just didn't see where God was changing my parents. I saw where we were putting on a show. And my friends, I want you 
in church every week. I want you in a small group. I want you serving. All of this for your own good and God's glory. That's all true. But my goodness, we need to leverage the time we have in front of children to, to continue to be the men and women that God designed us to be in front of them. That's not our safe space to just turn it off and say, well, right now I don't need to be a Christ follower. It's not okay to just say, well, I need downtime. I I really put on a a front today for church people, so let me get home and act different. No, we have to leverage the time that we have for that next generation or else we see what's been happening in Europe. We see what's been happening in America, a huge decline of people of faith. And I don't believe it's because of the secular society or secular media or the boogeyman from the other party you want to point out. I really genuinely believe a lot of it is simply what you say doesn't match what you do. And how can I trust that this God is real if what you're saying about him doesn't match how you're living for him? And all of us, every single one of us in this room at different times for sure, have to check and say, man, is that true of me? How much alignment do I have between what the Word of God says, what I believe the Word of God says, how I'm living, what I'm saying, the example I'm giving off? There are people, when you sit down and diagnose that, there are many people that would be like, okay, what does the Word of God say? Boom. Okay, cool. It's there. Now, what do they believe about what it says? Oh, yeah, they believe it. It's accurate. They believe what it says. Okay, cool. Um, how about what they tell people it says? Oh, yeah, that check, check, check mark. They tell people what it says. That's, that's all in alignment. Well, good. That's, that's a pretty awesome Christian, isn't it? Well, no, because when you follow them around or you are around them for more than a couple hours, the way they're living, what they're saying, how they're thinking doesn't align with any of that. So yeah, they're, they're saying that this is what the Word of God says. They're agreeing that that's true. And then they're telling other people, yeah, 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 you should, you should follow that thing. It's totally true. But then when you look at their lives, it doesn't matter. But something happened with grandma and mom in Timothy's life that he was able to break through and see the Lord and all of it. Proverbs 1, 8 and 9 says this, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. Meaning the, the wisdom, the instruction, what's being passed down is, is able to, to set you off apart. I was, we were teaching our kids this. And I said, you know what? Just, you, you just look different in society when you have some wisdom to you. Like, if you want to stand out, have some common sense, have some wisdom, follow the Lord, love people well, treat people with dignity and respect, value others above yourself, don't be selfish in all of your pursuits. You want to stand out, that's how you do it. Not by duck faces on Instagram. No, you stand out with high character, you stand out with wisdom, you stand out with love. And so doing that will set you apart. Train up a child, Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he should go. And even when he is old, he will not depart from it. I've seen this verse come back so many times. Many of you in this room have told me that this verse is true of your life. Hey, at one time this was instilled in me. And then there's this gap, there's these gap years where I kind of just did my own thing. And then, man, the Lord got a hold of me again. But when he got a hold of me, he was using verses in scripture that my mother and my grandmother gave me back when I was in third grade. Train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he will not depart from it. Ephesians 5.16 reminds us in the middle of that whole passage, 
that there's a reason that we need to leverage our time. You cannot just take for granted that you simply being around a person is, is good enough. You've got to leverage it. Leverage it requires intentionality. Le- leverage requires that you have a game plan. You're the adult in the house. You're the one with the game plan. You're not just going to have the kids around and just hope they turn out okay. You're going to say, you know what? No, we're going to instill some things. We're going to make sure that there's a, there, there, there's a set plan here. We're going to make sure that we're investing certain attributes. One thing that Christy and I check on all the time is the ages of our kids and the responsibilities we put on them and the wisdom and what we expect of them. We we, we sit down and we, we chat out with each other, say, hey, uh, my daughter's getting to this age. Don't, don't you think we should do blah, 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 Or, hey, is it time yet to have these conversations? What about, what about the, the, the burdens around the house? What about the pressures? And what about the things that we should ask of them? And what about the grades? And we talk about all of it. And we're leveraging the time that we have with them intentionally because time is running short. And that time is, as Ephesians 5.16 says, evil. Make the best use of time. Because the days are evil. Meaning as a Christ follower, and you can apply this to your life, whether or not you have kids around you. As a Christ follower, you have to just say, man, if I just leave it up to, to the world, like I'm a ping pong ball just being bounced around, or, or if, if I'm just going to uh, a pinball in a pinball machine and just get knocked around by the world, I'm either going to live that way or I'm going to live with intention. And so mothers, grandmothers have a great opportunity to leverage Um, But all of us have that same opportunity to leverage our time with intention. Because if you just allow the world to bounce you around everywhere, the days are evil. So you're going to end up experiencing that pain and trauma. 2 Timothy 3.7 says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I'm sure dwells in you as well. When mothers leverage with love, the effects are generational. When mothers leverage with love, the effects of that investment are generational effects. I'm blessed to have a generation of women in my own family who've loved well and leveraged their time to invest in me. And as I told you earlier, I was invested in by other women along the way. And, and I can't help but to hope that somehow, the investments from several generations back. The very first time I went to a church that I can remember, I was about four years old, and I went into this kind of a small, uh, dingy Sunday school room in a really old traditional church, and it was like flannel graph on the, the wall, and some old sweet lady was trying to teach these rowdy kids about Jesus. And, and you would think, man, what a waste, you know? And I'm sure she went home thinking, man, what a waste of my time today. I mean, they, they didn't listen, and they're snot, and they're fighting, and Tolly was punching another kid with a Lego. Like, you know, I'm sure they were like, man, what's happening? But I tell you what, I, I pray to God that there's a day when I'm able to, to, to say, hey, uh, in heaven, do you know, because of that investment, it was just the seed and then there was these other seeds, and there was these other seeds, and, 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 and God allowed some people to leverage and invest into me, and so my life began to matter for the glory of the gospel. Many of you can think back in your own lives. There were people who invested in you when you were young, and it's now having a generational impact because the people that you love and the people that you share the gospel with and the people that you help and you care for, it's all because way back then someone took time to leverage the time for the days are evil. I want to encourage you. Right now, you have the ability. Many of you, you're, you're, you're going to go grocery shopping anyway. 
So why not talk to Miss Colleen and say, hey, you know what? I don't, we don't really have kids or we ha- our kids are out of the house or whatever. But you know what? If there's stuff that we can do, I guarantee you, you take a kid, just take them grocery shopping. You don't have to buy stuff for them. But you just teach them about the labels on the, on, on the, 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 um, the shelf and just teach them like, hey, here's, uh, you know, play the, ga- play the games. You know, what's a better investment? You know, the, the box of 24 over here or getting one at the counter and look at the prices and teach them little stuff about life. We, we teach kids in our society about uh, quantum physics, it feels like, but we don't teach them how to balance a checkbook. And so what's that left up for? If you're thinking that the school system is, is the answer for everything, you've lost your mind. The school system doesn't teach you how to pay your mortgage. It doesn't teach you what compound interest is. It doesn't teach you basic manners and discipline and respect. A lot of times the teachers are drowning with 30 kids that don't have any of us helping them out. And we say, well, hey, look at that school. Look at that teacher. And the reality is we need to as Christ followers in our society, need to be the salt and the light, and we need to leverage the time that we have. And you have somebody in your neighborhood, you have some group of kids that you could love on. You have some single mom who could use an extra set of hands once in a while. You've got some foster family. We've got them in this church who have said, you know what, if there's ever anybody that expresses an interest in helping, man, I I could just really, I don't want to say it out loud because I don't want to seem like I'm this or that, but man, I could really use an extra set of hands. We need to leverage our lives, and this is a practical way to do it, but it's generational when you leverage into a child's life. Our, our um, little quick pitch, um, our kids' ministry here, we, we're, we're down workers right now. And uh, man, if you say, hey, I just want a safe place to start, I, I want all of you to sign up. I want all of you to be like, you know what, one week a month, I'm willing to, to not get my own way so that these kids can have a generational impact and learn about Jesus. And you never know that you might be the teacher that sparks something in that kid that particular week that 25, 30 years from now, they're able to say, you know what, this is why I am who I am. Because I had that one teacher and I had that one person who, who didn't really know much. My, the teacher that taught me the most growing up, as an aside, the teacher that taught me the most that I knew growing up coming into the faith was a steel worker out in, in the Dundalk area. But he studied his Bible every week, verse by verse, word by word, and he would look up the Greek and the Hebrew, and he would scribble notes down, and he would come in, and you'd look at those notes, and it would look like the guy was trying to get a doctorate from Harvard. And he was teaching a bunch of 13 and 14 and 16-year-olds. But he had studied and showed himself approved, and, 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 and he challenged us to really know what the heck we were talking about. But in many churches the best we can do is throw on a video because we don't have a lot of people that are willing to take time to study and to teach for other kids. And by the way, can I go ahead and tell you a side benefit? A side benefit of teaching anyone is that you learn more than they do. I can promise you that. Getting ready to teach others always doubles your knowledge in the topic. Last but not least, for this reason, I remind you. For what reason? For the reason that the faith you have in you comes from your grandma and your mom, and it's generational. For this reason, I remind you, fan into the flame, into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on my hands. For God gave us a spirit of, not of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. 
For this reason. For what reason? For the reason that you're a part of a, a, a contiguous generational trend. You're, you're, you're down the line from somebody else who believed and someone else who prayed and someone else who loved and someone else who gave. Because you are not the end, you're not the, 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 you're the, not the end product. You're a part of a chain. And many Christians live as that they're the end product. Many Christians wake up and go, man, it's a good thing 2,000 years of Christianity has gotten down to me because this is where it ends, baby. Because I'm not passing this stuff on. I'm not investing into anybody else. I'm not going to serve. I mean, don't they know at the church what my schedule is? And for thousands of years, Christianity has been passed down from just faithful lay workers, faithful laymen, faithful lay women who, who just poured in, moms and dads who poured in. And we take, and I say we, capital W, we, the church, we often take it like, no, 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 there's a paid lady for that. There's a, there's a, a, a paid clergy for that. And I'm really glad that they brought it to me because, man, I got my fire insurance and I'm good with God, so I'm happy. No, 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 that's not how it works. We leverage the time. He said, for this reason, for the fact that someone else prayed and someone else gave and someone else loved and someone else taught you. For this reason, I remind you, fan into flame the gift of God. Jotting notes today, I want you to know we magnify our mother's love when we leverage our gifts for God's glory. We magnify their investment. We magnify it. You want to honor your mom? You want to honor your mom who's no longer here? You want to honor your mom? You want to honor the lady who raised you even though she didn't have to? You, you want to honor that? Fan into flame the gift that God gave you. Get, 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 get to, to Jesus and say, Jesus, what is it that's laying around dormant? What is that little hot coal? I, I can feel a little bit of warmth on it, but I don't have a flame of a love of God. I don't have a flame of righteousness. I don't have a flame that's burning in me to make sure that people know about the gospel and the glory of God. I don't, I don't have a flame going on. I've got this little ember here. I've, I've got this little piece of coal. It's almost died out, but it's a little bit warm. Like I, I think I know God. You want to make an, an, an honor out of your grandparents and your parents, and you want to make an honor out of grandma and, and mom? Fan in the flame. That means, that means work. That means... <laughs> I had um, Mr. Ray on the phone. Mr. Ray is our eldest elder here at the church. And uh, when I first cranked up our fireplace at, at our house... My wife was telling me, hire a professional. I'm like, babe, really? You don't trust me? And she's like, no, hire, I'm serious, hire a professional. And I'm like, no. So I called Mr. Ray, and I put Mr. Ray on speaker, and I said, Mr. Ray, I need you to walk me through how to build a fire. He said, Tolly, you are 40 years. No, he didn't say that. But, uh, but no, I, I just had him do it. And then part of it, I was like, hey, miss, you know, hey, it's, what, what do I do? It's starting to, to die down a little bit and, and uh, fan the flame. Fan the flame. Do a little more to it. Don't let it just sit there. If you let it just sit there, it'll eventually die itself out. But you've got to add something to it. You've got to put some outside energy on it. You've got to be intentional. You've got to leverage and fan the flame. 
many of us, we are content for no reason. We are content to just let our lives be whatever they are spiritually as they have been. For whatever reason, the enemy has told us, well, you know enough. There's nothing more you can learn. The, 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 the church stuff, it's just church stuff. No, it's not. You know, you know what it is? It's, an, it's, an, it's a, a missing why in your life. I don't know the why about what I'm doing it. Why, why are we setting up? Why are we tearing down? Why are we using a, a, a movie theater? Why, why are people coming in so early in the morning? Why are people sweating? Why? Why? It's a missing why when the flame dries up. You have to fan that flame. Philippians 2, 19 and 22 says this, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I too may be cheered by the news of you. He's talking to the Philippian church. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father he has served with me in the gospel. We magnify our mother's love when we leverage our gifts for the glory of God. And, and Paul's saying, you know what, this guy Timothy, this guy Timothy who has got faith in him that I saw in his grandmom and I saw in his mom, this guy Timothy, he's the best that I got to send you. He wasn't raised by some prophet. He wasn't raised in a preacher's house. He, he had a mom who was trying to fight off all these other religious stuff to be able to invest in her kids. He had a grandmom who was praying for him. And this is the one. This is the one I want to send over to you because he's the best that I got. Whenever people try to talk about Christianity's not you know, friendly to women and all, it's just garbage. It's just you don't understand what the faith's about. It just proves to me it's not even worth arguing for me because it's just so foolish about how much Christianity is the, the, the faith and all the faiths in the world. Christianity offers women the most freedom and the most props and the most uh, uh, acknowledgement. And he said to them, he said, you know what? This guy that had his grandmom invest in him, this guy who had his mom invest in him, there was no man in his life teaching him about the gospel of Jesus. And it's this guy who's the best one I could send to you. So you're going to get the best that I have. And the best that I have was invested in by some great moms. Some great moms. As we close today, let's make our moms proud. Let's leverage our lives for love. All of us in this room, corny joke of the day, moms, thank you. Without you, none of us would be here. Isn't that corny? Pretty corny. But it's true. Leverage. Some of you are just now getting. Take your time. <laughs> Take your time. It's a very literal joke. Listen, you want to honor mom on Mother's Day? You want to honor mom tomorrow? You want to honor mom in a week from now? Go out and be the man or woman God designed you to be. Quit talking about what you don't have. Quit talking about your circumstance and what happened when you were young. Like, stop it. Go see a counselor if that's what you need to do. And I don't say that facetiously. Like, I'm a in huge believer in getting counseling. But do what you got to do. Don't just sit there and say, well, that's not for me. Hey, we need help in the, in, 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 in the kids' ministry because there's kids over here 
including my own. There's kids over here that, that you know what, on, on certain weeks, we, we're just wearing out our same children's volunteers. So I, I want all of you to be there. And you know, I, What do I have to offer? Well, I, if you're literate, we'll have the lesson. You just say what's there. Answer the kids. If, if you're not literate, we can play videos. Like, my point is simply that it comes down to it for all of us. It comes down to it for all of us. That we find the place where God can use us. It doesn't mean all of us can be used in the same exact place. But if you're not being used any place, you're just disobedient. You're just playing church games. And it breaks my heart for you. If you want to leverage the investment that the great women in your life have given you, that means you go out and become everything, all the potential that they believe that God put in there. You go out and become that. And you pass it down to the next generation. You leverage the time because the days are evil. Whether you do it in a, a Bible study with your own kids, whether you invite some neighbor, neighborhood kids to go shopping, whether you teach in your Sunday school at your church, however you do it, whether you link up with Miss Colleen, there was some kids, you guys didn't see this probably, but there was some kids that some uh, staff from this building who came in before service, and I took a picture of it because I about, about busted out in tears. There are some young men that came in before service and walked up and gave Miss Colleen a hug without her. She didn't even know that they were here, but they work here today. And they came and they loved on her on Mother's Day. Because she invested in them in their neighborhood when no one else would. You think all of this stuff is just for somebody else? No, it's for you. Leverage your time. The days are evil. And you don't know how many days you got left. Quit sitting and soaking. Start rinsing yourself out. Become the man or woman God designed you to be. That, my friends... That, my friends, is how you can leverage all the investment into you for the glory of God and the good of others. Let's pray.